What's up, everybody? Now, starting out the year, we are going to talk about principally today, the art of scaling. Now, I wanna give you guys tools that we use and things that you can implement and how you start out small, but continue to grow and build something that you want without killing yourself. Now, this is really hard. It's a very delicate line. And a lot of people associate scaling with big business and hundreds of employees, but that's not necessarily the case. When I'm talking about scaling, I'm mostly talking about increasing revenue growth while not simultaneously increasing hours or output on your part. So the art of scale is all about separating the input of you and your time with the output of revenue. And in order to create a good business, to create investments that provide financial freedom, this is necessary. Not nice and not, oh, I don't want to go big so I don't have to worry about scaling. That's not it at all. You don't need to have hundreds of employees and to mean scale. You want to have continual revenue growth at a predictable known rate and your ability to separate your time from it, separate what you wanna do. Now, this is principally associated with large growth. I do it for large growth. I wanted to scale to be, build a big company, but it's all the same, meaning I have friends and I know lots of people that scaled their investments without ever scaling their time. Now there's pros and cons and we can talk a little bit about that. But the tools that you use for scale is meant to increase output without increasing your time. Multiplying individual outputs, so doing one thing, but able to have that one thing that you do be reoccurring through either automation, hiring it out, or hiring internally, but you're able to pass on functions of investing or business that you do to other people, computer systems, while maintaining the integrity of that function. Now, when we look at this, a lot of you may have heard of our impact system, which we uh, build out. It's our internally internal operating system within my businesses. And I built this framework or this in this, we call it our IO, um, our operations uh, centered around that fact is how do we maintain but build upon it in a predictable manner. Now, when you're starting out, everything's overwhelming because you've got to do it all. You're working sometimes multiple jobs. And a lot of times you get wrapped up in the items that don't actually get you to your goals. So you're doing all the things that have very little to no impact on the outcome, on what you're actually trying to achieve. Now, a lot of people wish that they could only do the things that they want to do, they're really good at, and have the biggest impact. But that's not reality. The idea of just do what you love is stupid. That doesn't make any sense because we change. What we like changed, what we love. Our abilities and skills change. And if we only did those things, of course, everybody may, you may be happy, but you wouldn't go anywhere. That's not how it works, especially at first. I don't want this to be some fluff piece on scale, just about identifying and do what you love and the world's your oyster. I don't believe in that at all. So when you're starting out, 
you got to go through the crap. Now, scale is about going, doing, working, but then finding out better, more efficient ways to do it. So then you can refocus, reallocate, and spend more of your time in the areas that you need to be, that you're good at, that you do like. But it doesn't mean that you ever will probably get rid of everything that you hate. That's not reality. We want to get the tools that identify the things that you don't like doing. Yes. But more importantly, the things you're not good at, but are essential to achieve your overall goal. When you look at the things that are essential to achieve and impact your goal, but you're not good at, that is really important that you stop doing them. Why? Not because you don't like them, but because to reach your goal, you are actually the wrong person to be doing that thing. Now, this can be hard for individuals to fully realize at first, especially starting out. We think that the things that we don't like may mean that we're not good at them. But there's lots of things that I may be good at that I don't like. And when you're starting out, time is so, so precious. You need as much of it as you can. You're trying to build a business. You're trying to learn, be educated. You're trying to invest. You never have enough time. And when you are utilizing the time, because your time is the most valuable asset, especially when you're starting out. If you have nothing, the one thing that you do, particularly young people have, is time. This is a big asset that you can give, you can receive pay for, or you can give to yourself. A lot of people vastly underestimate this part. Understanding your time and how it's spent is one of the most fundamental pieces of scaling. Now, Outside this foundational piece of understanding these three different components, your goal, your skills, and your likes, your desires, what makes you happy, you've got to build processes, systems. So scale is all very mechanical is how I view it. It is taking something that is not, it is not structured, it is not mechanical, and it's turning it into that. It may seem dull a lot of the times what you're doing. And a lot of times the things that you don't like doing, you have to double up at first because you have to do more of it to create a system or a process internally that allows you to do less of it. Part of the process, and that's okay. And you need to understand this right out of the gate. Now, if you have special ways to bypass all of that hard stuff and not do, good for you, but that's not the norm. You need certain things within a business. And unless you have tons of money, tons of help, it's going to depend on you. If you're investing for yourself, lots of times you need to be the one doing the research. You need to be the one doing the thesis. You need to be coming up with your strategy to invest. Why? Lots of people have strategies. Lots of people have underlying investment theses. And I learned very early on that two people could have totally different strategies and completely different theses and still be right. Comes down to the old say, saying, right? Bulls make money, bears make money, right? Hogs get slaughtered. It's better to do something than nothing. And I've seen and we see in markets that two totally different strategies can be profitable. Why is this important when we're talking about scale? 
meaning outsourcing to just someone that you think can do it or trying to copy a strategy may never get you to your goal, even though it's getting someone else to theirs. This is a very independent part of your business and your investing strategy and creation that really you don't outsource this stuff. It is predicated on where you want to end up and you have to align your end goal with your strategy. It's different for everyone. We wish we could carbon copy every single thing, but that's just not how it works. Why is that? First and foremost, timing. At the time that you are looking at today, whether that may be building or scaling, you're at a completely different point than other people that are were along that same path. That leads to different opportunities, right? You starting out different than someone else. Maybe you have opportunities they don't, which everyone does. Everyone has opportunities, they just don't know it. Some people, the simple opportunity is time. Now, that's the one, funny enough, that is actually downgraded the most. I don't have anything, right? I don't have a family. I don't have business. I'm just jumping from job to job. And you're like, wow, you have a ton of time. And that's the one thing that successful people wish they had. And not use, using it properly is a huge disadvantage. I can't do today what I could have done in my early 20s. I don't have the ability to take on that risk. I don't have the time. There's many businesses that I think would be wildly successful that I could never start up because I do not have the time or the ability or the risk profile to do it. That doesn't mean that somebody else does. So strategically lining yourself with your end goal, focusing first and foremost on your opportunities, even when you don't think you have them, your overall skills, what you're good at, what you're not, which is once again, different for everyone. And then the timing. At what point in the market cycle are you in? These are all things that is customizable and independent. When we move on to scale, why is this important? The first component of scale is documentation. So let's get past the side, the, the thought process of I have to find something that's world changing. I'm going to invent something that is going to completely revolutionize mankind. If you have that, awesome. But most people, they don't. Really, they're looking for either an output, an idea, something they can capitalize on at their time, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So you can take different strategies that work, but you do need to customize them to your independent situation. We do this all the time in every single market cycle. And this is hard to get across to a lot of people because what we do is the same, meaning how we go about investing, assets we're buying and turning around. But at every point in the cycle, we do it a little differently. So although we're doing the exact same thing that we were doing 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago, the way we go about doing that has changed dramatically at least three to four times. The reason being is the timing, the opportunity, all changes. Nothing lasts forever. You need to be comfortable with change. But our fundamentals do not. Meaning, we do a value-add system. We're buying underperforming assets or businesses we are turning them around. 
that are in good markets, industries that have proven insulated track records, revenue, where we buy, how we buy them, that does change how we institute or how we allocate resources, how we go about executing that strategy, that changes. We have new technologies that come in, but what we're doing doesn't. I hope that makes sense and you can kind of clearly see the difference of what I'm talking about. It's adjusting for circumstances, but not completely reinventing yourself every single time. And lots of times you look at people and say, I'm gonna do exactly what they did, but we're not in that market cycle. You don't have those same opportunities. So you need to identify, I like this strategy, but then you need to customize it to yourself. When you're doing this, documentation is everything. And this is the first part of scale. Documenting is how you create systems and processes and replace yourself. Meaning that you may good, I see entrepreneurs all the time that do this. They're really good at what they do. They have a successful business, but everything is predicated on them and they have no idea how to transfer that. So I don't know how to get other people to be able to do, or I don't know how to get the output that I do to not be associated with me. This is probably 99% of all small businesses. Their business is dependent on them and the individual, the entrepreneur, the investor has no idea how to get out of it. They have no idea how to level up because their time is already used and maintaining what they have. Every time I'm in this situation, which I'm in quite a bit, in fact, just this morning, I was talking with an entrepreneur that had a business talking about scaling. And as we were discussing, the first thing is documentation. In order to get the output that you need, document exactly how you do this. So every day we need to do X, X, and X. The process of documentation was one of the first things that we did and tried to do on a mass scale. I hired an individual that had worked with franchises, manage, managing franchise locations all over the place. This is why franchising is so successful. They've systematized a process that can be done over and over and over again right? That's exactly what you're trying to do with your own investing strategy or business. So I hired somebody that ran franchises. We brought them internally and we looked at what we were trying to do. There was no franchise system available. We needed to build one. I hired them on, I brought them in and said, let's build a franchise system. Now you can do it yourself. You don't need to hire somebody on. I just needed help because I needed to do it in a mass way. We covered all the walls, like a I think I have a picture. I got to try to find it and show the picture. I covered all the walls with these giant, you know, the yellow sticky notes. Well, they have these huge ones and we covered the walls with them and we would categorize every function of the business. And then we would write out and put them all over the walls on what this meant and what had to be done to achieve this. And as we looked at it, we would start to group those, uh, group those things based upon categories. Well, we do it a little differently now. We do it a little more efficient. But the point is I spent most of our time documenting the process as opposed to trying to just simply do the process. That can lead to maybe your first hire. Everybody always asks, who should I do? Uh, who should I hire first? Most of the time I tell people you need to hire somebody that allows the business to continue to perform at its rate 
and allows you to work on the business, not in the business. This may be admin, this may be a whole lot of stuff. And two, by the way, you don't need to hire a full-time person. You can outsource or you can automate a lot of these functionalities. We'll talk about that more. Now, documentation, an easy way to think about this is a few tools, which we're gonna go into the tools, but first is a system maybe like Trainual. That's what we used. Now, we knew what we were trying to accomplish, how I would literally just get on a video like this and I would walk through and we would point out all the steps that need to happen. So we'd say this, this, and this needs to happen to achieve this. Then we would have that a little written up. We'd put it in Trainual. Any person that we hired or any time we needed to figure out what we need to do that function, we have the exact process. Somebody came on, we have a category, mean marketing, maybe quality control, that may be payment processing, that may be upset tenants, that may be you know, employees requesting time off, any of the hundreds of things that you can think of, there was a system for that. I did it videoing because that was much more efficient to me, it was easier, but we had a centralized place to allocate this information. So documentation and centralization. Now we're building, as we're building the business, we're documenting it so others can follow. And then we can go back to that documentation and we can optimize. We can look and say, is this really working? Is this not? It was all allocated in what lots of people view as CRMs. Now, Trainual was not a CRM, right? It was, it is a software system that is designed to put information to train employees. Now, I was kind of using it as one. We were building out the internal systems, and as we were doing it, I did it in a way that those systems could be transferred. Very, very important piece. If you're doing something within your business and it's not documented, it can't be transferred. If you don't have a centralized place to distribute that information or do something with it, then it, that information can't be transferred. If not, you're gonna hire somebody and this is the key. You either hire or try to outsource or automate and you spend all your time trying to explain and get somebody else to do. You're doubling up your work. You need to be able to take that function and think of documenting it and being able to express that individual thing that needs to be done to get the output like to 15, 20 people all at once. That doesn't require your time. This process of doing this, what we ended up doing is as we looked at all the things that the business needed, we categorized it and guess what that did? That gave us literally our job descriptions. So many people don't know, like if I'm gonna hire somebody, what am I hiring them to do? Like, I don't know. And well, have you documented this? Have you categorized it? Have you looked at those individual functions and how they relate to output? So then you can prioritize them. Now you have a job description that is not something that you've decided or you wanted, but something your business needs. And it's prioritized to the point where you know the most important functions of your business, some you may need to do, or you may like to do, you may be good at doing it, so you're gonna do that. Others may be the opposite. If you have a high priority, maybe let's say that's sales, and you are naturally the good salesperson, you like doing it, you can represent your company, uh, really, really well. Maybe you take on that role. And then the next side is admin that takes you away from doing the sales. So by outsourcing admin to maybe a VA, you now have more time to do at that number one priority. That's the goal, right? You're now getting 
the output on the most important things and you're exaggerating that or you're multiplying it. You now just gave yourself three, four times to do it and now you're gonna see your business grow. At the end of the day, everyone, these are the just stepping stones of scaling. You're doing this repeatedly on and on and on and on. And you're categorizing, you're figuring out, do I automate, do I hire, or do I get rid of it? Those three things, document, categorize, and then figure out what you need to do with it. Do I need to hire? Do I need to uh, get rid of it? Or do I need to automate? Generally speaking, if you're looking at something and we have a chart that we can show on the impact corner of exactly what this is. You can go to our websites or the YouTube videos. We, we have it there. But when you look at it, this has to do with time, difficulty, and importance of that function related to if you should be hiring it out or if you should be automating it. As you can see, I deal a lot in frameworks. So the process of scale, I didn't want to be making it up. I wanted to have an actual process for me to build. So I created a framework in which we use to scale that allows me to do this. Document, categorize, prioritize, then decide based upon importance and difficulty, do we need to automate, hire, or get rid of? Now, if you say, I don't have enough money to hire, then the immediate question comes out of all these functionalities, which one allows you to, meaning there should be an ROI with it. If you can hire admin that allows you to do two, three times the sales, then there should be an ROI with that person that is directly affecting revenue that allows you to. This is the problem though, lots of times with business. Not lots of times, most of the time. A lot of people, when you look at my businesses or my processes, I'm always putting the cart before the horse. Meaning, I'm buying companies, I'm building companies, I'm hiring people that the output will be after you do that. Lots of people don't want to do that. They say, I'm going to wait till I have the income to make that hire, to outsource, to figure this out, to have more sales. The problem is, unless you do it, you don't have that income. You don't have that. Now, I get it. That's scary. That's a hard thing to do. Mostly because you don't know how to do it. So you're afraid. I'm going to hire somebody. What if they don't do good? What if they don't grow my business? If you are adding people onto your team, partners, VAs, hiring them, and it doesn't work out, it is always partly your fault. Always, 50-50. So whenever something doesn't work out and we have to let someone go or they quit, I look at the two sides. I say, all right, what were they failing at and what were we failing at? I may have failed at hiring the right person for the right position. I didn't categorize it. I didn't understand what the output was and I got the wrong person in. And that may not be their fault at all. They may have said, you hired me to do this. That output isn't what you wanted. That is a total failure on my part. Or while they were there, I did not put them in a situation in which they could be successful. Now, of course, there's always the people that you hire and then the failure has absolutely nothing to do with you. They were robbing it or something like that. We're taking that away. Now, you need to understand why that VA, why that person, why that business partner, why did they fail? So I need to understand my failings so I can make sure it never happens again. I also need to understand what they failed at so I can hire or partner or get a VA to be competent. Once again, guess what you're doing? Documenting. Documentation allows you to improve, identify the problems. 
Therefore, your output, every time you have a problem, every time something fails, should grow. This is boring. This is not cool. This isn't like the sexy movie of a startup tech company that blows up and you just see them walking around and everybody's screen. No, this is, this is just small, tedious stuff. This is slowly getting better and accruing the people that you need to achieve that in the correct way. Most of the time, that is not how business owners handle it. They hire somebody on and they just want them to make things work. They want things to do better. Then those people are scrambling. And the business owner says, this took more time. I have more hassle. I'm always working with this person. Well, did you give them a precise framework in which they should be working based upon the category and the functionality that you outlined with an expectation of output? No, they don't do it. This is probably one of the things that corporate America does obviously much, much better. And I don't know why people leave corporate America. They go to do their own business. They go to invest on their own and they don't take the things that they learned there and apply them. I did not like working in corporate America. I'll never do it again. But I learned lots of amazing things that they did that I could use. So should you. Now, let's talk about the tools that you need to go through this process, everybody. All right, I made a list of some right off the bat here that we can kind of walk through. First and foremost, when we're talking on the documentation, excuse me, part, we have um, a lot of different things that you can use. Train you all, you have, it really depends on how you wanna do it. So are you doing audio that you are going to get AI like Rev to then transcribe. That's a big thing I like to do. Audio, video, get AI to transcribe it very, very cheaply. Then we use another AI to then go and categorize it into points or turn it into just simple content, whether that's out, outward content or inward content. Lots of times we use this phrase content and we only think of it in the framework of this, right? The podcast or um, content in the framework of social media. But lots of the content that you need to be doing within the business is for yourself, your own internalized business and for the people, both vendors, VAs, and everybody else. So when we look at that, that documentation, however you want to do it is great. Some people, they're really good writers. They enjoy writing and they want to document it. That's fine too. Now, CRMs overall is very important to allocate all this information. Sales, we utilize Salesforce. Most people do, it's an exceptional one. When we're looking at project management, once again, as people are starting to bring on outside VAs, I'm not even saying you're hiring full-time people. Remember that, that's not what it means. But all the people that you need to help, which you do need more people, you need to bring them all in on a centralized system to execute in unison. It's not just good enough to have the individual pieces executing. So it's not good enough to have your broker executing. It's not good enough to have your bank executing. It's not good enough to have your sales guy, your VA, or your family member that's helping you out. They all have to do it in unison. If you have people that are really good at executing, 
and they're doing it at the top of the capabilities and the best, but they're all doing it in different ways and not in unison, it's as if they're failing. Why? Because together, it doesn't work. Very frustrating for people that you're working with when that happens. They're looking at it saying, I executed exactly how I was supposed to, whether that's a bank, title companies, whether that's brokers, whether that's a um, uh, sales division, meaning any kind of sales division, whether that's a third party that's handling uh, ads, it, it doesn't matter. It's really frustrating when their terms, they're being successful, but there's other components of the business that is. This happens all the time. It happens with me all the time. I've been trying for the last six months, we have been completely renovating our internal operations because we've had to add a completely new level to our company, a new level of management. That is very disruptive. The reason being is we have all these rock stars and all these divisions and components of the company. And with all this talent, we were not connecting very well. Our KPIs weren't aligned. Our tracking wasn't aligned. We weren't aligned on, on systems. So they were all killing it. They were all executing greatly. But the lack of coordination made it so the goal was not being executed how we wanted. We had to bring in a whole new level of our company, a new level of management, strictly around the coordination part. Don't forget that, really important. So you can use things like Mondays for for project management, things like Monday for like external people. Monday's a software that you can use. You can invite other people. They can all be on the same page. If you're doing real estate, this is a great thing to do to bring all parties in and see where you're at. We use this to track our due diligence process, all sorts of things. Um, when we look at internal communications, um, we use different things. So a lot of times we use Teams is the main internal function for our employees, not external, okay? Um, Slack, Basecamp, right? These are great external ones that you're using. You can put it into different channels. This communication documented more so even outside just emails is really important because then you can look at those threads and you can see everything that's happening. You can see what you were getting wrong. You can go back and you can improve the process. Now, when we're looking at hiring and getting people to help us, first of all, Upwork. That's what I first started using. We're hiring VAs. I'm going, telling exactly what is needed. People are bidding and I can find the people that are the right person without fully hiring them. Funny enough, Several of the VAs that I hired ended up being full-time employees. They did so well, I brought them in full-time. And that was off Upwork. Indeed, if you need to hire full-time employees, if you are not good at the hiring, the HR part, you can find many third parties that will do that type of service for you, meaning that they will act as that HR component because that can seem overwhelming, right? Now, you think of third-party administrators, TPAs, you think of all sorts of these different companies from paychecks to all these large companies. That's what they do. They handle it for you so you're not being an HR, you're not doing those things that you need, and they're making sure you're doing it exactly according to the law in whatever state that you want. This is a big help, and it takes away a lot of the fear associated with adding those team members on. All right. Now, documentation, there's a whole bunch. We've already talked about some training, but when we're looking at that, there's a few things that I'm looking for, okay? I need to make the content usable. A simple way that we do is we take our um, 
content, meaning videos, audio. We use um, tools like Jasper AI for actually creating copy, Rev AI for transcribing. Then we can use things like Nextbot or captions. We can also use ChatGPT and we can take that now transcribed copy and say, turn this into whatever we want, blog post, tweets. We can say, turn this into a how-to, a training manual for my employees. It can do it all and it can break it up by subject. And guess what? All you did was made a video or recorded yourself talking about the job function, then have AI transcribe it and then have AI build it into a process for your business. Really simple. You can do it today. Just go log in, free sites like chat uh, GPT, right? I think Rev and some of these other ones, you have to pay for the transcribing. It's not a lot. They do it very quickly. Rev, I can transcribe an hour worth of this into, uh, uh, it takes them roughly two to three hours. So maybe two to three times the length to do a full transcribing. There, I can immediately move it into a free AI and it takes seconds for them to turn that into internal processes, systems, training, and anything else that you wanna use. Also, external content. Now, this is where we get into the functionality of looking at, do we automate, do we hire? Generally speaking, when we're looking at automation, I want things that are difficult to do, meaning difficult in time, and difficult and it has to be done correctly, but it is not really, not that it's not important, but those, those items, and they may be very important, but they're always done within a specific way. There's no nuance to it, really, it needs to be done. I wanna automate all those functions. Easy one that we can all see and we all use on a daily basis is like payment processing, right? You're automating that function within your business and other people's business already. You do the same thing and you do it through communications. You do it through all of those really, really time-consuming things. Emails, right? Sales pitches, all sorts of things that you need to do at mass that you don't have time to do. When we're doing hiring out, I'm usually looking project-based specialty things to help me internally build the business. When I'm hiring on somebody, it needs to directly correlate with the ROI on revenue, but two, it needs to be something that I need someone to help me do. Almost always, I'm looking at someone to help me build that out. So first hires, and as you're building a company, it's much more important that you have builders than you do someone that is proficient at an individual item. A lot of people don't realize this, but if you don't have a set up structure and processes for individual items, think of, you know, just like, uh, Henry Ford and making cars and the overall uh, line process that he, he developed is the same thing in a business where you hire an individual to do one thing, they do it all day long. When you're starting out, you don't have Henry Ford structure, right? You don't have that process laid out. So you need to hire people that can do the things you need them to do, but most often will also help you build out the processes. As you get bigger and as there's more layer, individual items are much more important. Also though, starting out, when I have those individual functionalities, I think third parties, I hire it out, or automation, okay? So when I'm starting out, builders to help me create, work on the business, automation, third parties for individual functionalities. Why? You're starting small. So that means those individual things that you have to do all the time in those processes, 
you may not have enough work to hire somebody full-time to do it. So you can hire a specialist to do it part-time. You pay them out like a VA and they can do that until the workload grows enough to where it's making an impact on your business and you need to internalize somebody. As you can see, we're building. This is a process of the company. It starts out and what is required of you at the entrepreneur stage to invent an idea, to market test, to see if it works, to do that first investment, to have that first uh, success, then to start out and start to build a business and a team versus scaling a biz, big business. Those are all separate, but they're all connected. Meaning, if you don't do it right out of the gate, you kill yourself and you create a system where you can no longer scale. Why? Because now you've started a business, it's operating, you're doing great, but you're drowning all your time. The business is taking everything and you realize I built myself a job or I bought myself a job and you can't scale because anytime you try to hire, outsource, whenever you're trying to build, that just takes up more time that you don't have. So it's really important that you do this as you are growing. Do not use this excuse, well, I don't need that now. I don't need to hire a person now. So there's no reason for me to document. There's no reason for me to do that because I'm not at that point. No, you have to do that so you will get to that point. That's the difference. It's very, very big. And most of the time, even with successful entrepreneurs, they're successful to a point, but they can never grow beyond that. That is exactly what we want to avoid. You don't want to buy yourself a job. You don't want to build yourself a job. You don't want to get stuck where you do all the work, you incur all the risk, but you make not as much money. The fact of the matter is that well over, I think it's 80% of all entrepreneurs make less money than if they got a job doing what they were doing. Literally, economically, it would be better for them to go get a job. They incur more risk and they work more than if they would have had that job. Not that they want that. They just don't know how to get out of it. That's what we want to try to avoid. Don't put yourself in that position. Also, by doing that up front, you are going to get better results and outcomes, which will allow you to be more profitable. It'll allow you to do more of the things that make you more profitable. Therefore, you will have more margin. You will have more resources to allocate to the point of scale. If you do it right, even when you're an individual business owner or investor, your margins will be bigger. Your output will be larger. You will have more time. Those things are extraordinarily important if you're trying to scale and absolutely needed when you're trying to build a big business. Resources at first, money, time, and knowledge are so valuable. And you need to be very precise with how you're spending your money, your time, and your knowledge, where you're getting it, who's helping you. It's the time to be picky because if you don't have a good foundation, you can't build anything good. All right. Hope this makes sense. I hope those tools help you. I love talking about scaling the new book coming out, the impact system. It's going to be great. We have a whole lot of workbooks that our own organization works through. I am really excited. I apologize. I thought it would have been out the first of the year, but we're taking our time. So I'm really taking the time to make sure we document as our organization is growing and utilizing it 
to make sure all the kinks are worked out and then it's right. I don't want to put it out so people can use it if it's not exactly how I want it to be. So we're going to make sure it's good. The workbooks, we've been working on those as well that allows you to use the framework and actually work through it. Um, very excited about it. Now, everybody, if you like this podcast, if this was helpful information, please jump online, share it, leave me a review and comment so we can continue making more content like this. Thanks, everybody.